Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hi, everybody. It's another Monday. Okay, so the Mondays... I met Anna Beard, sort of, online... I think she, I, I think I might have met her back when I was doing the Tots Cafe podcast online, and I like mildly, poorly put out there. Hey, my podcast could use some help from people who are good at internet, anyone at all, and it yielded nothing but absolute silence. But I could be thinking about someone else. I did that to a lot of people. I found out about Jane's Walk, Waterloo Region, uh, back in May or June. And the coffee walk was enticing. You'll get me out of bed with coffee. It was on a Saturday. Katie and I went and Anna Beard, who led the walk, regardless of whether or not she was a singer, actor, painter, or anything in the realm of who I would usually have on the show, just struck me as someone who would be wonderful to have a conversation with. And I may think deeply, but I would in no way attach a word, I think, of highly as I do intellectual to myself. I know, though, that to chat with someone on Anna's communicative wavelength would be awesome. As per usual, I had my day of jitters as a podcast host, but she came by to chat, and at the end, I have a very fun, across-the-board, insightful chat to share with you. Please affectionately applaud and welcome to the non-stage writer, net guru, coffee fanatic, and spectacularly interesting Anna Beard. We socially connected because, oh, local people prior to actually meeting in person. And then I got excited to go on this thing that involved coffee and walking. It, those are two of my favorite things. Certainly, neither are mine. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you're listening to the Coffee House crowd. Yeah. I mean, a good start to walking, being downtown Kitchener, seeing some of the local coffee shops, some that I knew about but never been in before, got to learn more about the region. I There was... A bit more than um, like just co- talk about coffee. Like you were talking about the local economy a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is. Um, so that that Jane's Walk. That's my second year doing that Jane's Walk. Um, the first year I did between Victoria and Ontario, and then the this year between really like Cedar and Ontario. So kind of walking back up the hill, and it is kind of one of those weird situations where you're put in a position where you get to take people on a journey, right? Right. I look at it as the opportunity to spew some socialist views at people, (laughs) Um, which is, you know, part and parcel. You're, you're essentially talking to an echo chamber, like people who typically do these things um, and attend these types of events are very locally minded. They're a little bit more uh, conscious of, where their money goes and how their money impacts other people. Um, This is not your typical Starbucks crowd that comes to something like this. Uh, So I felt like I was talking to my peers more than people that I was trying to convince of certain things. Uh, But at the same time, it's not always what people go for. Right. So it's kind of like, hi, um, I'm going to tell you all about why you should buy your coffee here. But more importantly, I'm going to yell at you about why you should spend your your hard-earned dollars in a very small radius in non-box stars. Um, 
So, and it's, it, I mean, like I try not to be so over the top and so over the head with it. Um, cause it, and focus more on the impacts of like, if I had a store and you chose to give me $5 versus Walmart $5, you know, that, that $5 is going to impact the livelihood of me. There is a face there right. with Walmart Corp or Tim Hortons or Starbucks. There is less chance that there is a face, at least with Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons are franchise locations. They're independently owned. It's great. You know that that, uh, that owner is probably, fingers crossed, somebody who lives in the region. Um, and even Starbucks locations are partner stores, so they're not franchises, but they are independently managed and those people live in the region and work in the region. So there is a larger chance that you will get to see a face. Yeah. But it's not the same. <laughs> so, yes. Well, that's neat. I mean, I I would not have. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have suspected that. Katie and I enjoyed the social aspect and and getting out. Sometimes we're so busy, like many people are, mm-hmm. that I mean, just a chance to leave the house is uh, for for something that's active and um, well involves coffee, like the bait. It's like, there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like with a lot of indie shops, uh, like indie coffee shops, people get very hesitant to go into new places because they don't know, they know that they want a coffee, but it's tricky for people to put themselves out there and put themselves in a vulnerable position to go up to somebody who's working and go, I don't understand your menu. Right. What do I get? I just want a coffee. (laughs) <laughs> and then well there's those people I think and then there's like the the perception of pretentiousness yo 100% there's a certain sophisticated word to title like people who have an inferiority complex both economically and intelligence wise yes that they have a very you think you're better than me attitude and they don't want any hoity-toity talk at them yeah it's and, being <laughs> talking down to or spoken down to so that they won't even maybe approach the place. I've never experienced that. And I'm a complete dum-dum. I mean, I know a little bit about coffee. I know that I like my beans dusty and brown. That means they were roasted with care and flavor notes. But I mean, that might be the limit. And you yeah. know way more. And I loved hearing what you had to say. But yeah, there, there might be that idea of like, I'll be attacked if I... If 100%. I order something wrong. And then, of course, Todd has to climb his way out of the rabbit hole that he dug. Um <laughs> Like I always, when it comes to coffee and accessibility of coffee, I always think about uh, the difference in how I approach coffee and how my 63-year-old super white hunter of a stepfather approaches coffee. He's a wonderful man, just loves Folgers in yeah. a drip. Just put it like, in my face. That's that's <laughs> what he wants. He wants his Folgers. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. I want my brown drink. Like that's exactly. I want my toasty bean water so that I can go downstairs. I can watch hockey highlights and I can take my dog for a walk. That is him living his best life. Yeah. For me, I want something that is a little bit fancier. If you want to call it fancy, I want to know where it came from. I want to know the origin. I want to know, you know, who picked it and what's their life like? I want to know the backstory. For me, coffee is extremely ritualistic. It is how I wake up in the morning. It is how I, you know, get into my work day. It's where I typically meet people for the first time. So I'm a serial dater um, just because like 30 something life in Kitchener Waterloo. <laughs> 
that's great. Pardon um, me. I thought you were in your twenties. No, Sorry. no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I'll be 32 this year. So, um, it's only, only I age like this. All right. Bye. <laughs> I mean, keep, I mean, keep going is what I meant. No, I mean, the, that's great. I got ID'd at the LCBO the other day and it was like the highlight of my day. I was like, yes, yeah. yes, I do look under 25. <laughs> You are correct. Age is a mood. Uh, oh, I feel such a 50 mood. sometimes. Well, I mean, depending if it, I hurt my MCL a couple of years ago, if it's raining in the morning, it takes me an extra 10 minutes to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. So I feel that. So coffee shops create this really um, kind of a, a safe place to, to meet people for the first time. Um, mainly because dating involves a lot of online activity now. It's very strange. I was talking with a colleague of mine at work. It's very strange if somebody approaches you at a bar and is like, hey, like, how's it going? You're like, why are you trying to kill me? Like, why do you want to murder me? Because I thought it was pre-2009. Uh, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, you don't talk to people at bars. Ew. Don't, don't make eye contact with me. Um, <laughs> the dating culture is so... That's a whole other different episode. You know what? Uh, that that that's human. That's humanity's fault. hundred percent. Oh, Give us better technology or worse technology or no technology, and we'll find a way to make it shitty for ourselves and others. Yeah. So, but like I was saying, like coffee. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's not your fault. I went on the tangent. Um, coffee houses and kind of like cafes and stuff create this really safe space where, if you're a regular there, typically you know the staff, so you feel a little bit more comfortable having yeah. conversations where you could be vulnerable, um, and you know that. Hopefully, if you've made those connections with the people that work there, mm-hmm. um, not only are you on watch, but they're probably also watching you. Yeah. So there's there's some safety and security in that. Yeah. You didn't create a problem for yourself or auto manufactured embarrassment. You <laughs> you uh you stay clear of the staff, I take it. Um I'm trying to think back if I've ever romantically pursued anybody who's worked in a coffee shop. I know Starbucks people are trained to like you and get to know you. And I think a lot of independent retailers try or independent coffee shops try and do that too because really? if you if you create a um, if you create an environment where people feel comfortable or people feel like they're not just somebody who's come in to have a monetary exchange, right. uh, then you've created a great interaction for them for the day. And for some people, especially people who work from home, that 15 minutes that they take to go get coffee in the morning could be their interaction with people for the day. So I actually find the level of attention that you get typically from Starbucks employees to be extremely off-putting. Um, so I had the, I, I will admit I went to the new Starbucks in downtown, but only because I buy Starbucks when I'm at work because I work on campus and there's a Starbucks there. And so I get all of these Starbucks stars and I can never redeem them because (laughs) food services is like, "Eh, it's a food services location, blah, 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 blah. So I have all of these Starbucks stars that will expire and I'm having none of that if I'm spending money. Pokey send them to me. Yeah. yeah. That, I wish that I could share them about, but now that there is a Starbucks downtown, um, if I am running and I want a free coffee, right? because technically it's not free, but it's free at the time, yeah. um, then I'll, I, I went there. So that was great. But when I went in, it was super early in the morning, um, which is kind of the benefit of having a Starbucks is they open at 630 
Um, but I walked in, there was me and one other customer and like 12 people working. And I'm not over-exaggerating when I even say 12. Behind the bar was filled with people. Jesus. Like, what are you doing? Anyhow, so I go and I order. The woman who took my order was like, I love your hair. Oh, thanks. Like, that's really kind of you to say. She was like, no, no, no. Like, tell me more about it. Why did you choose pink? Um, Because my hair was pinker at the time. And I was like, like, I really just want to get my coffee and leave. It's seven o'clock. I am not a super early morning interactor type person. And she just like kept asking me question after question after question. And I was just like, okay, great. Like, please learn body language. Because I was clearly trying to give her all the signals like, disengage, disengage, disengage. (laughs) She's just doing her job, right? Like they're, they're trained to do that. But I feel like maybe there are people that are trained to do that, that aren't just not naturally inclined. Like they don't like people. They're misanthropes who are trained to be, you know, insurance salesmen without the insurance. Yes. Hello, my name is Anna and I like (laughs) coffee and typically don't enjoy other people. (laughs) So, It's a weird sort of situation, and I feel like, too, with when it comes attached to a large chain or a large brand, like, it feels very disingenuous. Yeah. So, yeah. And you had asked if I had ever dated anybody that worked at a coffee shop. Yeah. Short answer is no. Yeah. But that is not to say that I have not had many, an, an appreciation for the people that work there. Like... The guys at Show and Tell are so wonderful. They're genuinely wonderful human beings. So it, it's kind of like, I want to be friends with them really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> some people are really personable yeah. that work at any of these places. Yes, absolutely. And of course, yeah. And as much as I tried to avoid it later on, after that monumental embarrassment that I created <laughs> for myself, I, I've heard them talk about about other guys that walk in and have eyes for them. Like when boys and girls get in groups together to discuss the opposite gender, there's no respect. Oh, absolutely not. Because we're all together. And there's, yeah, that's, that's, I I had them talking about me like that. That's why I got so afraid. But like, even after that, that story was passed along through generation to generation (laughs) of baristas that work there. Oh no. And someone that I became friends with years later, like knew that story. And it had evolved into like, do you mind hearing like a little story? Oh yeah, no, I, I'm invested in this now. Oh god, pretty much everything from a certain point, like from the time that I asked her if she wanted to grab a drink, sometime she would ha- um, go for break when I got there so that we could smoke cigarettes together because I used to smoke. And my friends scripted me asking her out, planning a time to get together, and <laughs> I ended up for some reason hanging out at her house. I felt uncomfortable the entire time I was there. Yeah, like that's real spicy, real fast. I I knew that she wasn't interested. Like she was tolerating someone hanging out there and I was there feeling uncomfortable. And the the whole time we talked, there there was none of that. We're just chatting casual. It's fun. Yeah, We could have easily been great friends and I liked her as a person, as friends. But um, I had this trick that I remember from high school where if I brought my guitar into the party or like the, the wee hours of a hangout, and I started playing partial songs, people got bored of it really quick and wrapped up the night. Oh, okay. And I'd used it a couple times. I feel uncomfortable asking to leave, but if I do this thing, they'll ask me to leave. Oh, okay. So I did that. It worked. I left. Four or five years later, a new generation of baristas remember a story in which I was outside her window 
John Cusacking her with oh, romantic no. songs. Oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah, but I mean, they're all owned by some Seattle-based yes. conglomerate of white, chubby, monopoly guys, whatever. That's what I think of all corporations as being at the end. I mean, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> the pe- they look like the penguin from Batman. Cole. The I'm monopoly a- guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I like their cult brew. Anyway. <laughs> Like, when you say you're a serial dater, I, I see the stories and I'm like, this is more interesting than any any of the brands I see of, of anything. Because this is real life being talked about by yeah. someone who is likable, but not trying to come off as likable. Not putting effort into coming off as anything. Are you calling me genuine? <laughs> oh my God. Generation X version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and it, I mean, like, it's one of those weird sort of situations where it's like, how much is too much? How, that should be for you to decide. And it, I mean, like it largely is. There's nobody else who's dictating kind of the the way that I am, except for me. Uh, but I I do have. Do you remember Stay Alert, Stay Safe? Like yeah. the the '90s PSA with Bert and Gert. Mm-hmm. I do always have like these two cartoon bunnies on hoverboards chilling in my brain all the time. That are like, are you sure you want to do that? It's the internet. The internet's weird. <laughs> like, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the door. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Um. It's this weird dichotomy where you want to be you and it's great to be you and there's no pressure to be anybody other than yourself. But um, when we talk about technology and kind of like that that forward-facing appearance, um, I think everything that we do online now is incredibly curated because why wouldn't it be? Because everyone and their mom is on it and corporations know that and they're on it. And then they target ads to you based on these types of things. This is why I won't get a new Roomba because the new Roombas have Wi-Fi. And then a Roomba is like the the vacuum, the automatic vacuum that comes and like vacuums your floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the new ones have Wi-Fi, which, by the way, if your Wi-Fi is turned on while it's vacuuming, it's making a map of your house. And then that map goes to the cloud and then third-party advertisers can download the map and be like, it looks like you have an empty corner in your apartment. Here is an Ikea catalog of all the things that would fit there. (laughs) Which, I mean, like in a way is great if you're looking for something to go in your corner. But um, on another level, it's incredibly terrifying. Yeah, because you know what happens the next day or that night? There's an electronic discharge around, for some reason, a large truck and a fence. And then a guy comes out going, have you seen this boy? And then all of a sudden we're all in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the- that movie is now is on Netflix now and I watched it the other day and I was like, yeah. damn, I forgot how good this movie is. <laughs> and prophetic. Keanu Reeves does not age. Yeah. No. Speaking of Keanu Reeves, I don't know, this is not my podcast sort of aesthetic, but I do want to point out Bill and Ted 3 is coming and I've been waiting for this moment. All my life. Is that the oh, Lord. the movie with the bear? I don't, no, I don't know. I don't what know what is. you're thinking of, but I, I feel like it, I'm, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they go back in time in a phone booth. And I've George Carlin. I've never heard of this. Okay. I loved George Carlin. He's in both of them. He was went on a very, very wonderful anti... Machine? No, no, not a, a pro-choice rant. Yeah. Um. I think any pro-choice rant is a good rant. I mean, like, I agree, but (laughs) it's especially wonderful when it's like this 65-year-old white dude with a ponytail. 
Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, yes, I love this. Because he was re- able to reach a lot of people. You would hope so. Yeah. I imagine that there are a lot of 65-year-old white men with ponytails who are very anti-choice. So for some godforsaken reason, I don't really understand. But yeah. conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah. We talked about blogging before we started Oh, this. yeah. If you were inclined to blog, you generally think about a lot of things. So to talk with you is like a kid in a candy store thing. Even though I'm socially <laughs> awkward, I'm still enjoying this in that sense. The dating world, I would love to hear about it and talk about it because it's fun to talk about. Sure. In that, I'm saying like, I would love to do a spinoff podcast yeah. with you about that. Yeah. Somehow. And then there's me who is like, if God forbid I should ever be in that position again, I would hate my life. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, to throw a, a curse word in there. It's sure. not. It's not fun. No. It's really not fun. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being fun, mm-hmm. I would put this at like a hard negative 4,000. It's just... Wait, I'm not good at math. Okay. All right. Well, it's, uh, it's real shitty. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, it, I, I, I'm certainly not alone. I think there are a lot of women who are between the ages of like 28 and 35 and, and even into their 40s who are experiencing this... I don't want to say crisis, but it's almost a a crisis where you are somebody who is independent and fully able to take care of themselves. You have your own life, you love your life, and you're looking for somebody to share a life with versus somebody's life to take on. Um, Dating culture, the way that it's set up now is that you are uh, put in this position to essentially like sell yourself or sell reasons why people would want to spend time with you. And I don't have time for that. There's so much other stuff going on in my life. I have so many other projects going on that if I need to convince somebody that they want to spend time with me, like that's, I don't know. And like the pressure you go out on, you, you finally match with somebody online. Let's say you talk to them for like two to three days up to two weeks if you are more cautious. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm like, hey, you seem normal. I seem normal. You made me laugh a couple times. Like, let's go grab a coffee. Super low pressure. It's me making sure that you're not a psycho. Right. Um, you go out, you have a coffee. Great. Two weeks go by. You message that person. Then you say, hey, like, that was fun. Do you want to go out again? They say, sure. Maybe you go for a drink this time. Maybe you kiss them by. Like, super, maybe you hook up. It doesn't really matter. All right, listen, Dave, you little fuck. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you're talking about a conglomerate of people. Maybe his name's not Dave. Uh, No, I mean, I. so I did, I I went out with this guy whose name was Dave. I mean... (laughs) I was born statistically. I was born in the late '80s. A lot of us were named Dave. Steve, Mike, John, you fucks. I've dated a lot of Daves, a lot of Andrews, a lot of Mikes. Like general sort of dated a Sean. Peter was a Peter. I've never had a Peter. Oh shit! Hey Pete, (laughs) where are you at? Looking for something different. Uh, (laughs) Is your name Peter? (laughs) Howa. <laughs> but like, and it's it's this weird this weird thing. So like, maybe you hook up, maybe you don't. But then, if you genuinely enjoy spending time with that person, nine times out of ten, they're just gonna ghost. Like, and it's so I don't care if you don't want to spend time with me. 
that's totally fine. But like be a real person and just say, hey, like I don't really see this working. I don't want to give you the dance around anymore. Like I'm out and I'll be like, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Next. It's just this weird sort of free pass that we've given people to be complete and total assholes to each other. And women do it too. Like this is not like a, a, a purely gender based thing. Like women do it all the time. I'll I'll be right back. The cat's doing some stuff. What's she got? I mean, like I I think too, uh, maybe I'm a bit biased because I am relatively self-aware and I think like I know the types of people that I'm going to get on with and I know the types of things that I like and kind of what I'm looking for in a partner. I'm also like a really big astrology nerd. Right. So I have pulses on kind of like what my birth chart says that I would like, which my, I have a a slightly defiant personality, which I'm like, fuck you birth chart. Like I'm going (laughs) to find somebody and it's going to work. And then it never does. Well, you're, you're definitely steps ahead of, I don't know if it's ahead or where it is geographically, but you're not asking the robots who you are. Oh, hell no. (laughs) No. You have all the shit built in. Like, you just need to decode it. Exactly. Figure out what your Myers-Briggs type indicator is. I am an INFJ, uh, which means that I have, like, I'm more introverted and I'm intuitive, so I make decisions based on kind of gut feel versus the things around me. I feel a lot of feels. I have a lot of feelings. I just have a lot of feelings. (laughs) And then the J type is somebody who is, like, meticulous and um, they enjoy order and structure and, Mm -hmm. like, to-do lists. Great. To anybody, for surface level, that is a whole lot of hullabaloo, and it shouldn't matter. But when you actually do the research, and there is a lot of research done, when you look at that um, in terms of your working style or your relationship style or like taking the, taking that information to the next level, that's when it can kind of really help you with... <laughs> I love that she's trying to get back into that cupboard. Um, That's when it can kind of really help you figure out or help figure out in combination with your experiences, the things that are going to work for you and the things that aren't going to work for you. So really at the end of the day, I really just need a 40 year old dude who makes a decent amount of money ready for his second marriage. His kids are like 12. That would be (laughs) ideal. And then we can just like go on holidays every once in a while. Yeah. I will pay my own way. (laughs) I don't need like a sugar daddy sort of situation. I just want somebody who is like a fully fledged adult who is willing to also want to spend time with somebody else who is also a fully fledged adult who dresses like they're 14 every once in a while. Crop tops are back. For Yeah. for, For a human to be happy, we need to be connected to people. And I don't know how the Dalai Lama does it. But, you know, he feels more connected to everybody than anybody else. Yeah. According to him. I don't know. According He's to him. He's a stuck him. up little prick. I'm kidding. No, I love his book, The, sure. the Art of Happiness. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know um, the title. I think, like, for, for me, too, to sit here and be like, I would love a relationship that has, like, zero I'm sort taken. of constructs <laughs> and, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I know that me currently, in my current physical form as thirty one and a half year old me, the, the idea of being in a relationship 
is terrifying Mm -hmm. and yet really wanted. And when I think about it, like, I wasn't trying to tell you what you want, by the way. No, oh, no, 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 no. It's just the the constructs of a traditional relationship. I don't know really work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you should put the pressure on somebody to be your number one, be all end all. Like somebody who is going to split the bills and take care of the dog and water your plants and pick up groceries and carry all of your emotional labor, satisfy you physically. And you, I don't know, clean the bathroom without being asked. Like Lord knows we should all have that. Everybody should have that. But whether or not that's all one person is what I don't know. So like, I know that for me moving forward in my adult life, I don't see myself having like a traditional family unit the same way that I was brought up. Um, I think it's largely to do with the emotional labor side of things. Mm -hmm. Like women carry a ton of emotional labor. If at, at the end of the day, like if you are a woman in a partner or in a, in a relationship with one partner and that partner remembers to give the dog or the cat their medicine, on the first of the month, like you got it made. And that is a low fucking bar. So like, it shouldn't be that, like that shouldn't be the, Oh, I'm so lucky because my partner remembered to give the dog the medicine and it was one less thing that I had to do. Yeah. But you still had to remember to do it Yeah, or like picking kids up from school or like signing permission forms or being a parent who goes on a trip with their kids, like a, a chaperone was the word that I was yeah. looking for. Um, it's just a, a lot of the time and not all of the time, but a lot of the time it falls to one partner in a relationship and that fucking sucks. So until I meet somebody who has proven that they're going to do all of that, then I really don't see myself ever being happy yeah. Or like satisfied in a in a traditional monogamous relationship, and that's not to say that like having multiple partners is um, like on the list when it comes to physical relationships. But like my girlfriends are everything to me, yeah. and I think the not having a, a solid friend group puts you in a position to put all of that pressure on a partner, and then yeah. resentment grows if they don't meet up to your expectations or. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a long winded run. That's fine. It's, it's still a person talking to me and not trying to sell me something, which is <laughs> all, all I ask for. It's brilliant. And amazing. Let me go on two very soft tangents because you took up all the space. <laughs> God damn it. The, the cat is all over the place today. She is just, I had a guest on the show <laughs> who said that the title that they currently wield is something that she will lose the only thing that makes her special, which Mm. currently is the title of Miss Oktoberfest. And then I think of how we all, in some way, shape, or form, I tend to think of people younger as being very much tied to being a brand as opposed to just being a person who creates something. Their being has to do with the fact that they're whatever they do. Yeah. And without that, they're nothing. When I did the promo outlining who's coming up in June on the show, I included something that in my head was supposed to make them valuable to someone who might not have heard of them before. 
Whereas, Instead of just being like a normal person. Yeah. My interest or, and affection in everyone that I talk to on the show is personal. Yeah. It has to do with personality and, and in, interacting with them enhanced tenfold through the act of actually con- having conversations with them. So I just hate the idea that we're in a place now because you can create and curate yourself. Oh, 100%. That maybe I could segue that somehow into dating from a from a distant but still uncomfortable memory. <laughs> I just remember certain things that the internet has aided. The oh, idea, 100%. You're not really a real person if I can still be connected to millions of other options. Yep. Is how um, my open-ended endings of conversations came to be a lot more easy and like just human decency is not required for the most part and you know everybody no matter what they have down there or who they're attracted to has the potential to be an asshole or a good person I I think the one thing I have to say is that I I don't like the idea that people think that what can be written down will give them any idea of who a person is no, no, no. Like I, so I definitely feel more comfortable writing than I do speaking. Um, with writing, you have more time to think. There, um, there's a way of of playing with words to make your argument stronger yeah. when you actually have a, a chance to write. Um, as somebody who really enjoys taking a step back and reflecting um having that space to write down thoughts is definitely um more appealing than arguing because when i argue with somebody or when i am having a conversation with somebody i tend to get distracted by what they're saying and then i lose my points um so i am not a good debater like formal debater but if you want to have me write an, an argumentative essay. Yeah. I'm um, all over that. I think the other thing too is when it comes to getting to know somebody, for a large number of people who are online daters, we grew up in the MSN era where yeah. our first emotional conversations were held through words versus yeah. through pers- like face-to-face conversations. Um, we learned emotional empathy online. We learned how to connect with people who are extremely different from us online. So all of this is very text-based. You have these online conversations or these, these written-out conversations where you feel like you can be yourself because there's a screen yeah. there. And then that screen goes away and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they can see my weird facial expressions. They can <laughs> see process. my body language. Yeah. They can see when I get hung up on the words that I'm trying to say, or if I'm nervous and my tongue grows like 87 inches and all of a sudden I'm just talking like this because yeah. I get nervous. Um, I think that comes into play and then people go, oh, well, you're not the person that I thought you were. Well, well that's just no shit. Too. <laughs> like. Well- Sorry. It's different. No, no, no. It's it's just, it's just it's different. It it's totally a different is. situation, which is why I think that that first time that you go out with somebody, like that first coffee, let's say, is so incredibly important just to be like, okay, this is done in another way. Now the next time we go out, if we go out again, mm-hmm. uh, I won't feel so terrified. People don't like putting themselves in vulnerable positions, and I am yeah. definitely at the top of that list. I think it's really awkward. I don't like it. But like sometimes 
You just got to get comfortable enough that you want to lay on your back and have somebody rub your belly a little bit. Yeah. And are you vulnerable? Yes. But is it going to feel good at the end of the day? Probably. For one, as a, as a, this sort of relates to doing the podcast. Like you're one of those guests that <laughs> is rubbing my belly in a sense. Yeah. I don't have a statement, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And again, should, should I blame technology for that or? I think it's human nature. James. Yeah. Buy me a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you've been enjoying Todd's podcast, consider checking out Describing a Rock with Milo Axelrod. That's me. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. The show is exactly what it sounds like. A short escape from your busy life to slow down and consider a rock. We covered a lot of stuff. In a- yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I went into the thing about in this modern age of everyone being a brand in some way, shape, or form. Mm. For me, the podcast is the thing. I am just a dynamite human being that makes it. I don't mean that in a way that I think highly of myself, but like I'm, <laughs> I have self-sustaining awareness of being a good person. Yeah. And I don't need a thing to make me awesome. Nor do any of you, my flowers. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Thank you, plebeians. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but I, I, I didn't um, invite you to or allow you yet to, um, as the host, I'm, I don't mean like allow you encourage Costanza. <laughs> so many thoughts, so many words. They just want to all come out. Do you have anything to pl- that you want to plug? I know Jane's Walk Waterloo Region is a thing that you're a part of. Sure am. That is wonderful, and I met Carrie. Yeah, outside outside of Jane's Walk, which is a wonderful event that happens kind of once once a year. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger thing to take away from that is if there is anything that I could plug mm-hmm. is that for uh, people to put on their civically minded hat every once in a while and and really think about what's happening. Yeah. So like we we talk about federal politics. We have a, a federal election in October, we talk f- about federal politics quite a bit. We talk about provincial politics, especially with this government, relatively often. And I think what's what's bigger than both of those things, um, because at the end of the day, that's just where the money comes yeah. from. Like the, the decisions that they make, yeah, they get felt for sure. And when it's big ticket legislature, yeah, 100%. But the day-to-day happenings of, of life... Mm-hmm happen at the municipal level. So that's kind of the nice thing about Jane Walks or Jane's Walk is that it is very much about encouraging people to get up, get out of their car, get out of their house and go um, and reclaim their city and, and the places that they live. So the things that happen at the municipal level really do impact our day to day. And that's things like housing, healthcare public services, um, social services, whether or not your pothole is going to be filled. Like that's something, if you have to drive over a pothole every effing day on the way to work, that is something that largely impacts your day to day. It's going to put wear and tear on your car. It could potentially cause an accident if it gets bigger. And that is not something that happens at the federal level. So it's, it's really about changing 
the mindset um, from from this big picture to this smaller big picture. And by the way, no one's pointing any fingers Lancaster Street, so don't. <laughs> okay. I mean, like I I'm a, a proud car free lifer, but I also live downtown, so not having a car makes a lot of sense. Right. Man, I have told so many people so many personal details about my life in this. Please don't stalk me. Um, I, I do. She I lives think, downtown. Get her. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Please. Guess, Only if your name's Peter. Only yeah. if you're 40 on your second, ready for your second marriage and your kids are 12 <laughs> like, and you make good money and you just want to go on holidays. I think at the end of the day, like that is my personal message to the world. And it's funny that you, you bring up people um, who live their life as a brand type thing. Wait, whom I don't judge. I, it's empathy. Completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, I just like, and I guess this is a, a good question. I'm going to turn the, the tables a little bit for you mm-hmm. is that my Instagram account, for example, is incredibly curated. The, the grid has an, a super specific color story to it. They're like every other photo is a photo of me. The non photos of me have to either be like outdoors or of places that I'm at or of my dog. Mm-hmm. And I can't have more than one photo of my dog every nine squares. Like there are a lot of checks and balances that I go through. So like it's extremely curated. My stories, however, that's just. They're supposed to be fun. They're, they're so stupid. Uh, every Monday I have my tinder game that uh i've started so last week so that's that's the yeah that's the quiz uh yeah did i swipe right did i swipe left y'all you'll have to guess um, gang it's a it's it's a fun game i got so much like so much feedback from that just people being like this is amazing i'm so glad i'm not single it's like great thanks <laughs> Fuck you. You're the best backhanded. Like, just <laughs> fuck you. Um, but yeah, so like it's... But it's no, kind of, I'm with her to say I'm so glad I'm not single. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess like at the end of the day, my question for you is, is our in-person conversation what you expected it to be based on my online presence? If I hadn't met you briefly at the thing, yeah. the coffee thing. I'm in the privileged position of looking at everything as a case-by-case basis. I tend to be like, unless I have talked to that person, I wouldn't really jump to any conclusions. With Instagram and Facebook, there's only so much you can do to customize it. Oh, 100%. When we used to be on those old blog things, you could change the layout, you could personalize it as much as you want. Now you can only curate the, the uploads on Instagram. Yeah. I do that to a certain extent too. But my motive is because I like seeing the thing I make. Yeah. What anyone else thinks is inconsequential. So when I look at others, uh, I'll notice certain things like, oh, a lot of the same, whatever the fuck Eckhart Tolle is putting in his news conferences, these seem to be the the memes and truths and wisdoms that people are memeing mm-hmm. regarding whatever algorithmic one original sentient thought had has been copied and pasted onto different independent brands yeah i mean cyborgs i mean people yes but even those people are still people who have yet to be neoed oh yeah (laughs) they uh they fully took the blue pill like they're good people who have yet to come into their own yeah give it time i have my thoughts and opinions and, and you ask that question but like there's so much worse 
bad behavior out there to be like, can we give this time and development and maturity? Maybe not. Sorry, on behalf of all of us guys. (laughs) (laughs) Curated Instagrams, far cry for me to be concerned about from, you know, I'm exiting the comic store. A girl walked by in the same direction that I'm going. I'm going to wait a minute. As a woman, like I, I'm sad that that's a thing that you have to do, but it is Don't be. deeply it's appreciated. Not about me. <laughs> no, like, but it, it is. It, it's deeply appreciated. There are so many little things that I find that men don't think about that women will spend like 25 minutes thinking about before making a decision or coming up with sort of like a, an escape route. Mm-hmm. It, there's always an escape plan. Yeah. Or like an emergency sort of contact plan, um, which sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. You, so much mental energy goes into that kind of behavior and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm meeting somebody new or I'm putting myself in this new situation. And if I'm going alone, is my phone fully charged just in case? Like there's like little things yeah. like that. And it's having the foresight to like put all of that plan together like I said, at the end of the day, like it, it sucks that it has to be done, but until there is a major culture shift, I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I'm still always going to make sure that my phone's fully charged and that I have one earphone out if I'm walking with music and that I'm walking with my keys between my fingers anytime after eight. Like That's just a thing. add to your point actually it's not adding to your point i'm just being a host a hosty host right now sorry to wrap this up well you know what everyone uh danny tanner music um i feel like didn't we kind of like i mean we just talked you know nothing was like concluded or really kind of for you, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if you're going to like that. How's it going to be? Yeah. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. Um, so, so there. The joy of... I, I'm going into places right now that's not... It's, it's, it's past like more for me than the audience into just like this is more for me now. Before we continue talking, I just want to say thank you, Anna, for coming on the show and talking. Thanks for having me. I think you were fantastic. And, I, and I'm sorry that I enjoyed the conversation rather than trying to make it cohesive. Yeah, well, I mean, that's my daily life. It's just a hot mess. So <laughs> um, this, is a, this is accurate, if nothing else. Do you want 25 to 35 people who listen regularly maybe to follow you online or anything? Sure can uh, find me on Instagram at albeard. Albeard is my handle because my first name is Annalisa, but two first names is super pretentious. So we only use Anna unless my mom is particularly upset with me or my sister. Um, or more importantly, you can find me on Twitter where I am. If you enjoyed my socialist and political spats, uh, Twitter is probably the better bet. And I am at abeard07 on Twitter because Albeard was taken when I created my Twitter account in 2008. By someone who who puts his number up at truck stops. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You know that 
that guy was had some random friend who was like, oh, you should get on this Twitter machine. And he was like, all right. And Al was me. taken. Yeah. So... <laughs> he just he threw his last name on there, but you know he totally wears flannel cutoffs, like a flannel cutoff shirt, yeah. and has like he looks like gray out hair from Home Improvement. Yeah, but like with gray hair and maybe a little less husky, but definitely drives a diesel pickup truck. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. And I call myself a co- coffee expert, but I, I know way less than you or anyone else. I seriously do. But I, I do know that um, when I say local, I mean also local to the GHA or other places in the region. Independently owned is what I mean. Maybe they got a couple places, locations or whatever. Yep. They are all a hipster's dream as, as far as coffee drinking goes. And you know what I mean when I say coffee. Oh, yeah. You go to Detour in Dundas? That's my favorite fucking place. As soon as you said the GHA, I was like, "Mm, yeah, you're talking about Detour. Yeah, I fucking am. That's the one that made me fall in love with coffee. It's because their coffee is incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they they give so many shits about All all the shits. Detour Dark is specifically the one that made me cream my pants, or the 2019 version of that. Um, That's um, cool to say. Uh, Kids, sorry.